0: Welcome listeners, I welcome you to our podcast channel of MathsDiscussion.com. Before we will start with today's episode, I request you to subscribe to our podcast channel. Not only subscribe, also share with your family and friends. And we also have a YouTube channel with the same name MathsDiscussion.com and also have a website of that is www.mathsdiscussion.com so today in this episode we are going to see uh, the complex numbers three of the very important tools of the complex number that is the conjugate of a complex number modulus of a complex number and the argument of the complex number now let us begin with the complex number the first we will see what we mean by the conjugate of the complex number and the properties of the conjugate of the complex number. So let us say we have a complex number which is Z is equal to A plus IB where A and B are nothing but the real numbers and I which is also called as the iota is positive square root of minus 1. Now once we have a complex number A plus IB or in any complex number in general. Simply if I replace iota with minus iota in that complex number. For example, let us say 2 plus iota 3 is one of the complex number. Then 2 minus 3 iota will be its conjugate. So the simple rule to find out the conjugate is. If you replace iota with minus iota, the complex number are now at what we get is called as the conjugate of the given complex number. Now. Graphically, let us try to identify how it will be represented. So, if I consider the argent plane with real axis as x-axis and y-axis as the imaginary axis. Now, any complex number z which is a plus iota b can be represented by a point a comma b on the argent plane. Then z conjugate will be nothing but the image of z with respect to the real axis or you can say image of z with respect to the x-axis that is a comma minus b. So if you locate that point, so that will give us the conjugate of the complex number z. Now let us move on to the properties of the complex number. So z we have seen is nothing but a plus iota b. z conjugate is nothing but a minus iota b. So the real part of any complex number Z you can see is the sum of the two complex number is 2A by 2. So you can say real part of Z is nothing but Z plus Z conjugate by 2. Similarly imaginary part of any complex number Z is given by Z minus Z conjugate whole divided by 2 iota. Now not only this you can see if we multiply a complex number to its conjugate Z into Z conjugate is modulus of Z square which is A square plus B square. Now Z conjugate like we have seen earlier is the image of the complex number Z with respect to the real axis. Now Z conjugate is also one of the complex number. So if I talk about the image of that complex number with respect to the real axis will be nothing but the Z itself. So you can say the Z conjugate the whole conjugate will always be equal to Z. Now when does Z and Z conjugate will be equal in simple words we are saying on the argon plane when does the object and image will coincide. Remember that object and image will coincide if they both exist on the real axis that means if Z is purely real then Z will be equal to its conjugate and when does Z conjugate will be equal to minus of Z that is simply if Z is purely imaginary or these are the tools to justify that a given number is purely real or purely imaginary. So if my Z plus Z conjugate we know that Z plus Z conjugate by 2 is nothing but real part of Z. In simple words, if Z plus Z conjugate become equal to 0. That means the number is purely imaginary. And if Z minus Z conjugate become equal to 0. That means the number is purely real. Now some of the properties with respect to the sum of the difference of the complex numbers. Z1 plus minus Z2 plus minus Z3 and so on till Zn. The whole conjugate is same as Z1 conjugate plus minus Z2 conjugate plus minus Z3 conjugate and so on till plus minus Zn conjugate. Same rule is applicable even in case of the product of the complex number. Z1 con- z1 into Z2 into Z3 so on till whole conjugate is equal to Z1 conjugate into Z2 conjugate into Z3 conjugate. So until Zn conjugate. Further on this if let us say all the Z Z1 Z2 Z3 are equal that means Z power n the whole conjugate will be equal to Z conjugate to the power n. The same rule is application even if you have the division of two complex numbers Z1 by Z2 the whole conjugate is always equal to Z1 conjugate upon Z2 conjugate. Now let us say W is a complex number which is a combination of the complex number Z1 into Z2 conjugate. Then like we have seen earlier the real part of W will be nothing but Z1 plus Z2 conjugate plus Z1 conjugate into Z2 whole divided by 2 or you can say twice the real part of Z1 conjugate into Z2 will be Z1 into Z2 conjugate plus Z2 into Z1 conjugate. We can also say this will be equal to twice the real part of Z1 Z1 into Z2 conjugate. Now let us see if I have a polynomial in terms of Z. Let us say W is a complex number which is F of Z. Whose coefficients are real? Then the W conjugate will simply be equal to F of Z conjugate using the above rules. So these are the some of the properties of the Z conjugate. So now so let us see what we mean by the modulus of the complex number Z. So Z is a complex number that is Z is equal to A plus iota B where A and B are real and iota is the the positive square root of minus 1. Then modulus of Z mathematically is given by square root of A square plus B square but what actually it represent? It represent basically the distance of any point represented by the complex number Z that is the order pair A comma B on the argon plane from origin. If we say modulus of Z minus Z1 modulus of Z minus Z1 represent the distance of Z from the point Z1. Now when does modulus of Z will be equal to 0 modulus of Z will be equal to 0 if a complex number is 0 plus iota 0 that means the real part and the imaginary part of that complex number is 0. Or the complex number itself is 0. Now what are the properties of the modulus? Modulus like it represent the absolute distance between the two points is always greater than or equal to 0. Secondly, like we have discussed earlier mod Z will be equal to 0. If and only if my Z is equal to 0. Thirdly, because modulus of Z is positive square root of A square plus B square. That means the real part of any complex number Z or the imaginary part of any complex number Z A and B will always lie between minus mod Z to the positive of the mod Z within this interval. Then if I take any complex number Z distance of that from origin distance of minus Z from origin like we can say if I have any order pair a comma b on XY plane its distance from origin not only its distance minus a minus b its distance as well as a comma minus b and minus a comma b all these 4 points are equidistant from the origin on argon plane they are represented as modulus of Z will be equal to modulus of minus Z will be equal to modulus of Z conjugate will be equal to modulus of minus of Z conjugate. Now from product to Z into Z conjugate will always be equal to modulus of Z square. Then algebraic rule of the modulus modulus of Z1 into Z2 into Z3 so until Zn will be equal to the product of the individual modulus of the complex number. That is mod Z1 into mod Z2 into mod Z3 so until modulus of Z n if all the complex numbers are equal that means if Z 1 equal to Z 2 equal to Z 3 so until Z n equal to Z then modulus of Z power n is equal to mod Z whole to the power n this always hold true. Now the quotient rule modulus of Z 1 by Z 2 is equal to mod Z 1 upon modulus of Z 2. Now let us move on to the most important properties of modulus that is the triangular inequality. Modulus of Z1 plus minus Z2 is always less than or equal to mod Z1 plus mod Z2 and greater than or equal to whole modulus of the mod Z1 minus mod Z2. We call this also call this to be nothing but the triangular inequality because considering mod Z1 plus Z2 as one of the side mod Z1 and mod Z2 are the other two sides of the triangle then the sum of the side is always greater than the third side and the difference of the sides is always less than the third side based on this it is derived now in this inequality when does the equality hold in the triangular inequality we know that the equality hold when actually you do not get a triangle basically it will turn out to be a line. So when does mod Z1 plus Z2 will be equal to mod Z1 plus mod Z2 or modulus of Z1 minus Z2 will be equal to whole modulus of mod Z1 minus Z2. Remember that this inequality hold when origin Z1 Z2 the three points are collinear and Z1 Z origin Z1 Z2 are on one of the side with respect to the origin or we can also put it this way. Origin lie outside Z1 and Z2 and these three points are collinear. In that case, my argument of Z1 will be equal to the argument of Z2. So once again, the condition for mod Z1 plus Z2 is equal to mod Z1 plus mod Z2 or mod Z1 minus Z2 is equal to whole modulus of mod Z1 minus mod Z2. This hold when argument of Z1 is equal to argument of Z 2. Now in this, if you replace simply let us say Z 2 with minus Z 2, we get the other pair of inequality that is modulus of Z 1 minus Z 2 is equal to modulus of Z 1 plus mod Z 2. Or modulus of Z 1 plus Z 2 is equal to the whole modulus of mod Z 1 minus mod Z 2. When does this hold? Like we have seen earlier when, argument of Z 1 in this case will be equal to argument of minus of Z 2 because we have replaced Z 2 with minus Z 2. So argument of Z 1 is equal to argument of minus of Z 2 which in turn can be written as argument of Z 1 is equal to pi plus argument of Z 2. So that leads to this inequality. Then one very important property of the modulus, modulus of Z1 plus minus Z2. The whole square is always equal to modulus of Z1 square plus modulus of Z2 square plus minus Z1 into Z2 conjugate plus minus Z1 conjugate into Z2. In simple words modulus of Z1 square plus modulus of Z2 square plus minus twice the real part of Z1 into Z2 conjugate or Z2 into Z1 conjugate what we can find out. Now the next property that is modulus of Z1 plus Z2 the whole square plus modulus of Z1 minus Z2 the whole square. So from the above you can see that modulus of Z1 plus minus Z2 the whole square is mod Z1 plus mod Z2 square mod Z1 square plus mod Z2 square plus minus twice the real part of Z1 into Z2 conjugate. So similarly here if we add both of them, so you'll be getting twice modulus of Z1 square plus modulus of Z2 square. Now what do you mean by unimodular complex number? Unimodular complex numbers are the complex number whose modulus is one. That is also represented as cos theta plus iota sin theta. Or we can also write that as Z upon modulus of Z. Now let us discuss the argument of the complex number Z. Now what do we mean by the argument of the complex number Z? Argument of the complex number Z you can assume. Let us say you have got a circle with center as origin. On that circle, if I consider any point A, which is represented by the complex number Z, where radius will be equal to its modulus, that is the distance of that complex number from the central origin. Now the inclination made by the radius vector OA where O is the origin A is the point representing the complex number Z on the circle with the center as origin. So once again the inclination made by the radius vector OA with the positive direction of the X axis is what is called as the argument of the complex number. Z. So basically argument is can be seen as a tool which can help us to identify the direction in which the complex number Z exists. Remember that to locate any point uniquely on rectangular coordinate system. We need either the distance from the real axis and the imaginary axis that is the X axis and Y axis to locate that uniquely or the distance from the origin and the direction in which that distance to be measured. So argument tells us the direction in which the distance to be measured. It is nothing but simply the inclination made by the radius vector OE with the positive direction of X axis. So once we say the positive direction of X axis, every time the angle is measured in the anticlockwise direction is taken to be positive clockwise direction to be negative. Now any complex number let us say Z is a complex number which is A plus IB if I call argument of the complex number Z is theta then theta is given by tan inverse of B by A. Now any complex number can have infinite number of arguments. How we can say that let us say if you have a radius vector OA. If you rotate this radius vector in clockwise or anti-clockwise direction by 360 degrees every time it terminates at the same point or you can say that the collection of all coterminal angles will be one of the argument of the complex number Z. So that's why there can exist an infinite number of arguments. But always there exists a unique argument which you call it as the principal argument. The standard range taken for the principal argument is from minus pi to pi. Where minus pi is open and pi is closed. That means pi is included and minus pi is excluded. Now how we can find out the principal argument of any complex number Z. Let us say I define an angle theta as if Z is equal to A plus iota B irrespective of the value of A and B. I define an angle theta as tan inverse of modulus of B by modulus of B upon modulus of A or modulus of B by A. Now with the help of this theta we can find out the. Argument the principal argument of the different complex number. Now if I have a complex number Z which is A plus IB like I told you. Then first possibility is my A and B both are positive. That means the point lie in the first quadrant. In that case the principal argument of the complex number Z will be nothing but equal to theta itself. Now if the complex number exists in the second quadrant, that means if A is positive and B is positive, in that case the principal argument of the complex number Z will be nothing but pi minus theta. Because first we will consider the complete anticlockwise rotation by an angle and then minus theta in the clockwise rotation. Then if the complex number Z exists in the third quadrant, that means if A and B both are negative, in that case the principal argument of the complex number Z simply is given by minus pi plus theta. So first we rotate in clockwise direction by the complete 180 degree. And then again to coincide with OA, we rotate in the anticlockwise direction by an angle Theta. Now in the fourth quadrant. If OA makes an angle absolute angle Theta, then the principal argument of the complex number Z. Will be given by simply minus of Theta. So this is how we can find out the principal argument of the complex number Z. Now let us look into the properties of the argument of the complex number Z. Let us say if Z is. A complex number where Z is equal to 0. Z is equal to 0 is a complex number. Whose argument is not defined. We cannot define the direction in which it exists. Because Z is 0. Then if Z1 is equal to Z2. If I have two complex numbers which are equal. Remember that two complex numbers can be equal. Only if they have or only if they are at the equal distance from the origin. Not only this, they are measured in the same direction. That means the argument of complex number Z principal argument. Here I mean the principal argument of the complex number Z1 should be equal to the principal argument of the complex number Z2. Or you can say that the the argument of complex number Z1 is equal to the argument of complex number Z2 plus 2 n pi, where n could be any integer. So that will be the relation between the argument. Then they both are measured in the same direction. Then argument of complex number Z1 into Z2 into Z3. So until Zn that is argument of product of the complex number. Is equal to sum of the argument of the complex numbers. That is argument Z1 plus argument Z2 plus argument Z3. So until argument of Zn plus 2k pi where k can be equal to 0 minus 1 or 1. And once we get the total argument, you can easily convert that into the principal argument for the whole of the combination. That means making this angle exist between minus pi to pi. You can find out the the principal argument of the given product of the complex number. Now in this case, if all Z1, Z2, Z3 becomes equal. Let us say Z1 equal to Z2 equal to Z3 so on until Zn all are equal to Z. That means the argument of the complex number Z power n will be same as n times the argument of the complex number Z plus 2k pi. Once again, k can be equal to 0 minus 1 or 1. This 0 minus 1 1 is just one of the case we are taking in order to make this argument Exist in the principal argument interval that is in the interval minus pi to pi. So accordingly we select the value of K. Now for the quotient rule that is argument of Z1 by Z2 is same as argument of Z1 minus argument of Z2. Once again plus 2k pi where K can be minus 1 0 or 1. Similarly, argument of the conjugate of a complex number Z. We know that Z conjugate is the image with respect to the X axis. So you can see that if Z is a complex number which is measured by an angle theta with the positive direction of X axis. In that case, the absolute angle will remain same one for the image also that is Z conjugate. But the direction of measurement will change will become opposite if theta is measured in anticlockwise direction. Then for Z conjugate the angle will be measured in the clockwise direction. Vice versa for the complex number if it is measured in clockwise direction conjugate will be measured in anti clockwise direction from the positive direction of X axis. So argument of Z conjugate is equal to minus the argument of Z. Once again plus 2 K pi where K could be any integer. This 2k Pi we use in order to ensure that my angle always lie in the principal argument range. Now if argument of a complex number is Z, the argument of a complex number Z is 0. What does it implies? That means the inclination of a complex number Z with the positive direction of X axis is 0. This is possible only if Z is a positive real number. If the argument of a complex number Z. Is pi. That means the complex number is at 180 degree rotation from the positive direction of X axis. So simply that is possible only if Z is a negative real number. If the principal argument of a complex number Z is equal to pi by 2. Then Z is a purely imaginary number is equal to iota B, where B is a positive real number. And if the principal argument of a complex number is minus pi by 2, that means Z is once again a purely imaginary number. And minus pi by 2. In that case, if Z is equal to iota B, then B will be negative real number. So this is how we can define the argument and we can understand what we mean by the argument. So these are the three important tools. The understanding of these three, like I told you, is very important because once you understand what we mean by conjugate, what we mean by modulus, what we mean by argument in combination of this, it becomes very easy to analyze the geometry using the complex number.